chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Casey Waldrop, head cultivator, and Rick Kane, production manager with Art of War Management. Gentlemen, thank you for showing up on the show. Thank you for the invite. Absolutely. So what is Art of War Management? Art of War Management, uh, we're just, it's a management company. Obviously, it's in the title, but we have uh, several ventures within our company. Uh, we, the uh, Southwest Cannabis Conference that just happened um, last month, and obviously that was a, a very big hit. Uh, got a lot of televised uh, news, um, and there were NFL stars, and uh, there was a, just a, a really good turnout in general. Um, so that's one of our ventures, and we also have uh, a couple ventures into uh, dispensaries. Uh, the main one is Nature Mad Inc. in uh, North Tucson or Marana, and um, that's where we currently have medicine and uh, an active patient base. Excellent. So head cultivator really, really applies, even though uh, Art of War sounds uh, a little bit different. But, uh, you know, I got to say something about that Southwest Cannabis Expo. Um, I was very, very impressed. I'd say it's one of the uh, the, the nicer expos I've been to. And I've, I've been, to, uh, you know, I was up at Canicon a couple of times and it's, it's, it's a good show. It's a good show. But this was uh, this was just absolutely from soup to nuts. It was it was well done. Great speakers, uh, you know, a great venue tons and tons of vendors and 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 just knowledge all the way around so you know i'd, I'd like to thank uh, you guys for putting on just an absolutely wonderful show over there and uh definitely can't wait to see it again and see even more billboards next year yeah i mean they're they're hoping to move to several other cities i believe there were five shows on the actual initial destination list that they wanted to do uh, Austin, Texas, I believe, is the next location that they're looking at going. And I know that that location, uh, I lived in Austin for 13 years or so uh, growing up, um, elementary school, middle school. And just that whole area is, is a very, very uh, cannabis-friendly area. So I'm really interested to see what the uh, the business outcome of the Austin area brings. It's just going to be a really exciting show. One of these days, I will actually set foot in Austin. I've got uh, I've got friends there. I hear wonderful things about uh, about the town, and it's just an amazing place. It's uh, as my buddy Mikey, if he ever listens to the show, uh, he he prefaces it as uh, it's Tempe back in the eighties, <clears throat> and I kind of like that. I, I I you know I like the uh, the the small the small town feel, uh, but with the big party atmosphere, you know. So you know, one of the things I really wanted to, to highlight um, is is you know. You have what, uh, by all rights, would be for most people a, a dream job, a head cultivator at a cannabis grow facility. Um, and from what I've seen, typically it's a um, it's a difficult path, uh, you know, to, to get down. And then uh, once you actually achieve it, to uh, actually do a good job in, you know, uh, if you have you know six, twelve plants and you've done it for thirty years, it's uh, it's manageable. 
but uh, when you roll out, uh, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand square feet, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge. So, Casey, tell us, um, tell us how it, how it was uh, to to step down that path uh, to become the uh, the head cultivator uh, for for your company there. It was a. It's definitely a long path, and um, it, it really started out with just initial hard work. Uh, I, I walked into the dispensary that I was a patient as, or a patient at, and I initially started critiquing the medicine and, and the, the the lack of uh, quality control that was coming out of there, and that's something that really bothered me as a patient. And I was already cultivating um, my own personal medication on the side. And that's just a time that I said, you know, I need to put myself in a position to where I can actually make a change to what's, what's happening. And I worked my way through the, uh, the dispensary chain, and then I got into the cultivation. And whenever I got into the cultivation, I said, I'm going to do what everybody else hates to do the most. I'm going to be the best at doing that and I'm going to master that. And it was, it was actually just standard cleanup and and flipping rooms. So I, I displayed my work ethic immediately. and, And that's whenever I started obtaining more roles throughout the facility. And, um, as far as moving from a, a smaller grow or personal grow to a, a large cultivation, it, it's really hard transition because in a small cultivation, you can really manage every leaf of every plant. I mean, you can really be hands-on and, and very intimate with every single plant. And in a large cultivation, you can to a certain degree, but there's a lot of things that you have to more or less skim over because there there's a greater a greater goal and, and there's deadlines that absolutely have to be met. And if it, if those deadlines aren't met, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars that are affected. So there's, there's a lot more business that comes into it that you have to take into account, I guess, being able to roll with that and, and being able to, to manage your time very well. Those are two things that are just so crucial whenever you come to the, a large cultivation facility. Well, you know, and something that you would uh, maybe hear potentially from, you know, uh, community people would be, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why couldn't it just, you know, been a slide? It would have been fine. Um, but, you know, there's there's real costs that are associated when you uh, when you drop in, in production. You know, uh, there's salaries that uh, are not able to be uh, paid. Uh, there's uh, insurances. Uh, there's liabilities that you're not able to to, to be paid um, if you if you don't hit your marks. And it's it's important, you know, to to be able to encompass the entire aspect of of what would what would ultimately happen when you're not doing what you're there to do and grow a lot of weed, right? Oh, absolutely. And people don't realize that a couple days really does account to tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on a large scale, especially whenever you have uh, a dispensary or dispensaries that you're trying to provide from that one cultivation site that are eating up anywhere between 10 to 15 pounds a day. So let's say that accounts for two days, that's 40 pounds. 40 pounds at, let's say, $3,000 a pound 
I mean, that adds up very, very quickly, and that's something that you have to account for if you're not on top of your game. So those numbers are very, very true numbers. It, it's really a, a a numbers game, and like you said, you 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 can't slip up. You know, it's it's one of those things that uh, I I challenge people. You know, like when somebody says, you know, I want to be a nurse. Well, do you like uh, do you like bodily fluids by chance? Um, you know, these are the types of questions that should be asked. You know, I mean, it's it's nothing is ever just uh, peaches and roses. You know, I mean, there's always you know you, there's elbow grease that's involved, and and there's considerations that need to be met to make sure that things are successful. I mean, you know, if you if you run a lemonade stand, you you, you better damn well make sure that you got lemons, you got sugar, and you got water. Oh, absolutely. And if you miss out on any of those, all of a sudden you're not you're not making lemonade, you know. And uh, you know, a typical you know cultivation would employ how many people? Uh, a typical cultivation, I'd say anything twenty thousand square foot and up. You're looking at anything between fifteen and twenty people that are being paid well over minimum wage. So putting bread on their table and and actually propelling them and, and teaching them, you know, the ground floor of of the fastest growing industry in the in the country. You know, I mean, it's it's probably the the aside from cell phones, the uh, the greatest wealth that is going to be amassed, but over the greatest you know propensity or population of people, um, if embraced uh, adequately, I would say. Oh, absolutely, and people don't realize uh, one thing you mentioned a while ago is you know you can't be a nurse if you don't like seeing bodily fluids, you know, like dealing with uh, things that are that are foul. Well, the grow industry, yeah, it's it's a dream job. It's amazing. It's hard work. It's not just go in there and look at flowers and then just walk out. It's a lot of work, and you have to you have to bust your butt in every aspect of that. You have to work as hard in the things that you absolutely hate doing or you dread doing as the things that you absolutely love doing. So, a lot of people don't don't realize that, but there's a lot of man hours that go into it. There's a lot of tedious things. There's a lot of weird positions that you have to work in whether you're trimming or you're maintaining your plants and bending over tables and, and all kinds of weird weird motions. There's a lot of uh, strenuous things that we have to do as growers that uh, people don't take into account, I don't think. So even though all day long you're there smelling the flowers, you're not necessarily getting to smell the flowers. Uh, Casey, uh, we got to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, uh, Casey Waldrop, Rick Kane uh, with uh, Art of War Management, uh, State of Cannabis. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> 
The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Uh, with us tonight, we have uh, Art of War Management. We have Casey Waldrop and Rick Kane, the head cultivator and production manager. Now, we, we've gotten a wrap with you for a bit, uh, Casey. Um, Rick, you got the weight of the world on your shoulders, making sure you push out exactly what you need to. Tell us about the challenges associated with a, a large-scale cultivation facility. Yes, Dave, like you guys were talking before the break, uh, we are at war here. Every day there's something we have to be on top of fully stocked and all the stuff you need before you can even start you have to be mostly you have to be accepted by your town now you know that's that's actually an interesting thing you said right there uh you know we had uh, jesse downing uh uh, cottonwood city councilman on our show not too long ago and he uh, was one of the proponents to to fight for you know an expansion for for your facility tell us a little bit about that fight itself yeah, Jesse was a great help. Uh, he's been a great help to us. The Cottonwood City Council was, you know, not, I wouldn't quite call it too much of a battle, but, um, you know, there are people against us. We did have some op-eds against us, um, some, you know, church pastors and stuff, and real prohibition. Well, apparently you, you were about to uh, thwart and undo uh, the entire um, Arizona wine country from uh, what some of the people in the audience would have said. Right, right. Our, uh, I, I don't even think we have you know under three acres. I don't know how we take over the whole uh, Avi County. Um, but yeah, uh, you know the, the couple of prohibitionists. You don't, you don't even want to, and you know, attack them at all. Uh, nothing you can do. Uh, luckily, the city council did. You know, the people came out, and there was some good discussion, and uh, things went in our favor. And now we can continue a business like a normal business. And what we were able to that really, really, I think, kept things in focus is we were able to, uh, alongside, actually, with Jesse Dowling um, spearheading it, able to to keep the focus on the industry and try to take the subject matter out of it because. The city council wasn't voting whether they were going to allow medical marijuana to be there or not. That was already voted in by the people of the state of Arizona, not the not the county. Although most of northern Arizona wasn't for uh, the initiative that that initially happened, it still passed. The southern half of Arizona carried it because of populace. So even though they weren't necessarily for it up here, it's still there. And that wasn't what we were voting for. We were voting for, are they going to allow a legal business to operate within its legal limits? And are we going to allow this business to grow as it can, as we 
allow any other business or are we going to hinder the business and hold it back because of bias opinions? And that's what we were able to overcome. And we were able to actually overcome it in a greater fashion than anticipated. Uh, initially, I thought it was going to be uh, anywhere between like a 4-3 vote uh, still in favor. I, I was pretty confident that we were going to we were going to take the vote because we were able to get some uh, some of the councilmen in there and the council women in there to our actual site and give them a tour and actually educate them on what we're doing. And uh, I mean, at my facility, I had over fifty percent of my strains were higher in CBD percentage than they were THC percentage. So it truly, we truly do have the backbone of a medical facility, and that's what we're aiming to be. Uh, and we're aiming to just put them uh, the highest quality out there. We were able to actually explain that. You know, I definitely want to. I want to dive into uh, genetics here in a minute because you know I, I I got John here for a reason because you know you're you're a gem. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but did you ever think when uh, you first started growing cannabis that you would ever have to sit in a city council meeting? try and sway something for your business. Did you ever think you would have the opportunity to do that? The opportunity, definitely not as soon as it did happen. And that's something that we actually expressed to, to mayor Jones is uh, we were, I told her, I was like, you know, this is, this has been an amazing process that we've even been able to stand up here and, and voice our opinion and, and voice our reason of and the legitimacy of our industry and our business. Like this is something that would have been so much more difficult. And I don't believe we would have gotten as deep into who we were able to actually speak with. And if this was in Phoenix or if this was in Tucson because of how big those cities are, it was just a really, really fantastic situation. And it, it was an absolute pleasure to be a part of, everything from the get-go it you know now now becomes the time that you become part of those towns but most likely you'll you'll find yourself in in that type of a community or potentially that community and be the oak and that's kind of an important thing to be the oak of a town anyone that's going to be involved in cannabis industry at any level needs to be involved with their city as well and be open about it that's the only way that things are going to go forward. And if you look at regulations like in California, the only dispensaries that are moving ahead while everything's getting turned upside down are the ones that are involved with their cities. Exactly. You know, some people hate the term. I kind of like the term. Um, maybe it was just because I didn't have a lot to do at the time when I was a child. But, I, you know, you got to kick the can down. You know, the, the more it moves, believe it or not, the more it moves. One day everyone will know. I gotta dive back into genetics. I only got a couple of minutes before the uh, the next commercial, but genetics. And I gotta tell you, I'm I'm really happy to have you on the show because you have some amazing genetics, my friend. And and when you talk about CBD heavy strains, I mean, some of the most impressive numbers that I've seen. Quite frankly, some of the finest material that I've seen out there uh, in my 30 years of consumption. So, um, Casey, tell me tell me about genetics. Well, whenever I started growing. I was tired of getting strains that were labeled one thing and it was a complete different representation of what it was labeled. If it was blueberry, I wanted to taste blueberry. So you mean not everything is, um, is uh, Girl Scout cookies? 
not everything is Girl Scout cookies. Not everything should taste like Girl Scout cookies. So that was one thing. Genetic purity is one thing that I, I started uh, really, really hard at. And I started getting some really good uh, clone-only strains, San Fernando Valley OG Kush, a couple of other strains. And I really started focusing on those. And then I linked up with some breeders and some genetics companies like Rare Dankness in Colorado. Scott, the breeder, operator, CEO, owner, whatever you want to call it, he just focuses on genetic purity and finding the the elite of the elite. And, and that's where he... He starts strong foundation, strong finish, and that's exactly what how it should be. And a lot of other people are cutting corners, and you gotta you gotta stick with what's what's real and what's right, and and that's what I've tried to do. And that's those are some of the genetics that you've been able to enjoy uh, come from places just like that. You know, it's uh, enjoyment, or for some maybe even life changing. I mean, you do uh, you do some of the the heaviest content of CBD that I've ever seen. Um. How important do you think CBD is for medicine? Oh, it's extremely important. And what we found uh, through Xander Williams, rest in peace, he did just recently yep. pass away. But uh, what we found uh, through different trials is it's not necessarily just getting a high level of CBD. It's how the level of CBD works in, in, uh, together with, the, uh, with THC and the other terpenes that are involved. Terpenes in, the, in their own right are medicine. You could have zero cannabinoids and have just terpenes and that in itself has therapeutic values to it. Just like people, you know, like snorting pepper, you know, which is uh, what, uh, mycin? Is that uh, the, uh, the the terpene that uh, the pepper is? Mycin? Yep, mycin. Mycin. Okay, so yeah, you know, just like people would, uh, you know, take a quick snort of pepper uh, to get them going a little bit, you know, which is, is the, the terpene apparently for, for sativa that, that kind of leans more towards a, a heavy sativa effect. We got to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Art of War Management, Casey Waldrop, Rick Kane. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Carter Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. 
Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Casey Waldrop, luminary of uh, our great state of Arizona, uh, producing some amazing cannabis, and we want you to continue doing that, by the way. Uh, Rick Kane, uh, the, the gentleman with the whip to make sure that it happens. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the show. Importance of genetics. From your perspective, how important are genetics to have quality product? It- like I said before, your foundation is everything. You have to start with solid genetics. If you're going to get a lot of variegation or a lot of change throughout your uh, your growing because of your genetics, that's not good. You need to minimize any kind of variables. So if you can get solid genetics from the get-go that you know they're going to perform the same exact way every single time, every single time you taught them at week one in veg, they're going to branch out at the right exact time. They're going to flower and stretch at the right amount. How often does that really happen? Is it is it more genetics or is it more protocol? Or is it a combination of both? Both. Both. Uh, once you get certain genetics, you gotta there's gonna be some trial and error while you're growing that plant because not every plant's gonna stretch the same. Not every plant's gonna veg out the same speed. Some plants uh, grow faster, some plants will will stretch a lot quicker. Some OGs will get super lanky super quickly. And those are characteristics that you have to account for because it's genetically inherent within those genetics or within those strains. So you just have to kind of play their ball game. So wait a minute. It does all that and you have to also take into consideration how much nutrients you have on hand and make sure that you have some for the next day and the next day and the next day. And you also have to make sure that it's producing at a certain rate at all times. Oh, absolutely. You got to make sure that it dries in a certain amount of time. You got to make sure that it cures for a certain amount of time. There's a minimum and a maximum amount of time for cure because it's got, still got to go out on the production line. So, how many, how many arms do you have? Uh, it depends <laughs> on if I have my fairly young daughter who I'm juggling as well. Right, right. So basically, you're one armed. And then also caring for several different uh, traits uh, that each plant demands. And then also making sure that you have on hand everything that you will need to make sure that the plants have everything on hand that they will need as well. And then also have uh, in one hand potentially your daughter that will need various things as well. So um, it's busy. That sounds incredibly busy. Um, and, and I got to thank you for it. Again, you know, uh, some of the, 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 the finest cannabis i've seen in 30 years thank you for that yeah she's she started me off with some of those genetics actually the one that you named that uh i've hit some of the the higher cbd numbers with uh that she helped facilitate that and she gave them to me and she just said let these babies grow and 
and uh, and growing for the people, and that's what I've been doing. And and uh, so I mean, I, I credit a lot of where I'm at and what I've done to to that woman right there. You know, there's uh, there's wonderful stores that are called Joanne's Fabric or SAS uh, here in Arizona where you can buy fabric, and uh, it can look however you want it to look. Um, but until you stitch it together, it doesn't become anything. The the more you care and the more you design, the better it gets. And a lot of people, that's a really, you focus on the plant and the well-being of the plant, and the plant will reward you in, in more ways than you could even try to get to if you just try to shove food down its throat. So that's just one of those things that you just, you focus and you nurture that plant and she takes care of you. So, you know, I got to thank you guys for, for what you do. I am, a, a, like I said, a huge fan. So, you know, remember me come Christmas time. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to thank you, Casey. You know, I also want to thank you, uh, Rick, for coming down and talking with us for a bit. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for this edition of the State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by uh, going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Uh, don't forget to like and comment, because otherwise I don't know. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk with you next time. Casey and uh, Rick, thank you guys for showing up. Uh, always a pleasure. Have a great night, everyone. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.